Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. Bill Ryder with you. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home in a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Phone number on the show, 855-2124-CBS. Twitter, Sports Writer, Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R. No D-cell today, so Pat Boyle, talented producer and radio host, CBS Sports Radio, and our sister... We say sister station. It's the big affiliate in New York. It's the it's the eight hundred pound gorilla WFAN. Pat also does on air work there. Pat's filling in, and that's good because I cannot get excited about this Aaron Judge home run race. And that has nothing to do with Aaron Judge, frankly, and everything to do with Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. But maybe later in the show, I'm what I'm assuming is Pat Pat's enthusiasm can uh, can bring some of that magic. That baseball magic back to me because I feel like just a grumpy, angry baseball fan. We'll get into that topic as Judge chases an asterisks labeled level of history. Andrew Bogish will step in, do a little buy or sell at the end of the show. We'll get into Tom Brady's personal life, which feels feels a little gross to be honest, but it is what it is. His wife, supermodel wife Giselle talking to a magazine that I think maybe my wife used to subscribe to. I don't even know how to say it. L, I guess. Is that how you say it? Little insight on their marriage and maybe why it's pertinent to this show and every other sports talk radio show. Little insight into Tom Brady's future, potentially. Dennis Dodd, the Dodd father of CBS Sports, national college football guru, will be on the show in an hour. Andy Reid's all mad about the turf in Arizona, and the people in Arizona are all mad at Andy Reid. We'll try to get into that and again if you want to call us in today's pad who will be screening those phone calls so i know a lot of you like to call in and just say hi to d cell and give them a hard time you don't have to do that today but if you want to 855-212-4cbs is the phone number twitter for me sports writer sports r-e-i-t-e-r i don't mind people admitting they're wrong i think it's great actually i, I think it takes some self-confidence and some wisdom and some understanding that failure is a big part of success. I had this conversation with my daughter last night, actually. But the ability to admit you're wrong, the ability, and I think the power 
and sizing up your mistakes has to come at the right time. And for rookie head coach Nathaniel Hackett, head coach of the Denver Broncos, the same gentleman who on Thursday Night Football, to be honest, embarrassed himself pretty aggressively with his clock management and what turned out to be a bad decision, certainly one that I criticized to go for a 64-yard field goal with the game on the line rather than put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. That mistake was ugly enough, but the biggest mistake Hackett has made this week the biggest error in judgment that he has shown in his very short tenure as a head coach in the National Football League is walking into that availability the next day and admitting he was wrong. The second guessing of himself would be fine if, say, you had the resume, not even Bill Belichick or Andy Reid, just Sean McVay before he even made his first Super Bowl several years ago. A little bit of success, a little bit of street cred, a little bit of an understanding from the greater football media fan world. This guy knows what he's doing. What happened yesterday from Hackett didn't feel like wisdom, didn't feel like humility. It felt like a guy over his skis. You remember the story? We'll catch you up. Here's what it is. Thursday Night Football. Not Thursday Night Football, excuse me. I keep thinking about Thursday Night Football because I was there. This past weekend, Monday Night Football, which is not a weekend. Great start, writer. Monday Night Football. Russell Wilson back in Seattle, revenge game, a Denver Broncos team that I think is going to be really good and still can be really good in a crowded AFC West against a Seahawks squad. That defense notwithstanding, Geno Smith's good game notwithstanding, that's not going to be a very good football team. And you saw, and we talked about it yesterday, really a a statistical anomaly of a game. That Broncos squad becomes the first football team in the NFL since the 1980s to lose the ball twice, two fumbles, on their opponent's one-yard line. You get the ball in one time, it's a different game. Geno Smith, and I like Geno. I covered Geno in college. Really gracious dude. You heard him talk after that win. But still, Geno Smith is not a superstar. I'm not even sure he's a legitimate starter in the National Football League. And he had a really good game. Converted or helped Seattle convert more than half of its third downs. Had a couple touchdowns. He looked, he looked good. But it was an anomaly. Like those fumbles were an anomaly. Like Denver's inability to take advantage of of stopping Seattle from scoring a single time in the second half and still not win the game was an anomaly. It happens, man. I get it. You put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands, and we talked about the stats yesterday. Russell Wilson, over the course of his career, since he joined the National Football League in 2012, has converted on fourth and four, five, or six. So that range they were in at the end of the game has converted in those situations 57% of the time. And since 2017, which includes a stretch for Seattle being fairly mediocre, part of the reason he left, he's converted on those fourth and four, five or six, this with fourths and five, 71% of the time. I got it. I get it. The math says you go for it. The math says you put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands. The math says you don't ask a kicker one of eight at the range that he attempted to win that game at the end of the game, 64-yard field goal, one of eight in his career. You don't ask that kicker to do that. But the dude, the dude missed that field goal by inches. And it did come down to the fact that it's a tough situation, a tough call to make. Part of being a coach in the NFL, and not just a coach in the NFL, any leader is the ability to make unpopular decisions and, and live with them. Except, except the fact that you screwed up or maybe you didn't. I saw that our guy Pat took a shot at my Barcelona uh, soccer team on Twitter yesterday. 
I don't know if Pat actually watched the match. I did watch the match. Barcelona was extraordinary in the first half. You know what? They didn't get it done. It happens. Sometimes you lose in the margins. Ask the Los Angeles Rams. Sometimes you win in the margins. The Rams last year won every playoff game they played, including that Super Bowl, by three points. The National Football League, sports in general, but the NFL is a game of inches. And if you're going to be a leader in the NFL, and if you're going to command a locker room in the NFL, and if you're going to have the respect that is required to be successful as a head coach, hell, the self-confidence, you're going to have to understand that you live in those margins. You win and you lose in those margins, both the margins of your mistakes and maybe the right decisions you make when things just go wrong. And Russell Wilson gets it. That dude understands because after that Monday night football game, writer, that's me talking to myself, after that Monday night football game, Russell Wilson, who had the ball taken out of his hands in a revenge game, where I thought he didn't play particularly well, and I think he probably wanted a little extra redemption, not just playing Seattle, but just, I I thought it was a little off, he understood that you have to come out and you have to back your coach and back the moment and say, in effect, hey man, we lost, but in terms of the decision making, all good. I believe in Coach Hack. I believe in what we're doing, you know, and believe in everything. You know, any time you can try to find a way to make a play on fourth and five, that, that's great too. But also, we, I think we, I don't think it was the wrong decision. You know, I think he can make it. Obviously, we, in hindsight, you know, we didn't make it. But uh, if we were in that situation again, I wouldn't doubt whatever he decided. Yeah, he is a cheese ball, but he's a great, he's a great quarterback. And that's the right thing that you say. I told you yesterday that I that I thought the decision wasn't the worst on the face of the earth. But the clock management was brutal. And the fact that the Broncos needed to make a decision against the Seattle Seahawks about whether or not to kick a 64-yard field goal or go for it on fourth and five was the problem. And we went through all the ways that the outcome was just statistically bizarre. The fact that they had those two fumbles in the one-yard line. The fact that teams last year that held their opponents to zero points in the second half were 45-5. and The fact that last year, teams that gained 180 or more yards of total offense than their opponent, which the Broncos did against the Seahawks, were 35-2 and last year. I mean, just go down the list. There's a bunch of reasons that Denver should not have lost that game. And it's on the head coach. And it was a brutal opening performance. It really was. And I've seen some people say it's the worst debut for a rookie head coach in NFL history. Seems a little extreme. I mean, he's not the guy fumbling the football on the one-yard line. Twice. But he certainly botched it at the end. Okay, it happens. The key is to walk into that locker room after that and into your media availability. And I've been one of those NFL reporters sitting there with my little notebook out, ready to... I mean, you just salivate to ask those questions. That's part of the gig, man. It's all in the game. What you can't do under any circumstance at the height of any profession, especially one in the spotlight, is to look like an amateur after you make a mistake. Mistakes happen. Failure happens. But if you respond like you're an amateur, like you're, say, a Jets head coach, I mean, it's pretty common, right? Like you Jets fans know what I'm talking about. That's a real warning sign. And the fact that Nathaniel Hackett walked into that media availability and pull this wheat garbage to me is the big concern. 
looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Just not, not, you know, one of those things you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. But in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. Sometimes leadership is about just understanding that you got to eat your mistakes. And I'm not even sure it was a mistake. I mean, I think it was, but there's a strong argument if you're that guy that he made the right decision. I know Russell Wilson has a ridiculous rate of success, not just in the league, but as we've talked about yesterday with with the actual numbers and the nitty-gritty of converting those kind of fourth and short opportunities. I got it. And I recognize that's a really long field goal to ask a dude to hit under that kind of pressure in Seattle Monday Night Football, and if you watched any of the Manning cast, which again, this is me admitting I'm maybe wrong. I did not like the Manning cast last year, but it was pretty compelling on Monday as those guys came to the same realization the rest of us did, this bozo's kicking a field goal? But part of the deal about being the guy in charge is to make those mistakes and not publicly look like you don't know what you're doing. And that's what Hackett looked like. The loss stings. I get it. The margins between the Chargers and the Raiders and the Broncos, I think, are going to be really narrow this year. I don't think the margins will be that narrow between those three teams and the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, I'm not sure, run away with the division. And there's some injuries that they got to deal with early, which is problematic. But the Chiefs are the cream of the AFC West. But those other three teams are all good enough in most divisions to win 12 games this year. They are, give or take a few in either direction. And they can't all do it. They won't all do it. And so losing to the Seahawks, problematic. Got it. Bad debut. Got it. The added narrative pressure of of Russell Wilson losing against his former team and what that feels like for Russ and the organization and just people like me who get to talk about it. And the fact that's on Hackett. Got it. But, bro, you got to own the decisions that you make. And had that football gone a couple yards to the right, We're not even having this conversation. We're not even talking about the fact that the clock management was brutal and Denver botched a bunch of chances, and it's a brutal start for the, I'm not even sure if I can call it the Hackett era, but for for poor Nathaniel Hackett's beginning. That guy's got to show some resolve and confidence. That guy's got to walk in and say, hey, man, I wouldn't do it any differently. We missed. It's okay. It happens. We got to be better, blah, blah, blah. That is the problem for me. All right, 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Maybe, maybe I can, I'm going to ask Bogish, and I'm going to ask Pat, who's, who's in for D-Cell. I, I really want to be excited about, about Aaron Judge's home run chase. He had another multi-home run game last night. His 10th, his 10th of the season. I mean, the guy's incredible. But if you read the coverage... You know that people are struggling. How do you? He's going to set the record, some tell you. Or the American League record. Maris is at 61. He's at what, 57? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to keep track. I didn't know that's what it is. I want to care. And this isn't, I don't hate the Yankees. I don't hate Aaron Judge. It's not like Albert Pujols and the Cardinals are doing this to me. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm, you know, I'm Yankees agnostic. I'm a baseball fan. But the history of guys cheating and my disbelief in home runs, this ain't fair to Aaron Judge, I get it, but my disbelief of guys doing miraculous things as it relates to home runs over the course of the last 20 years or so as a fan has me just down 
on this run. So I'm going to get Bogus's take. Now, he's a Mets fan, so he might be a little biased. And it's a good day to have Pat Boyle here because he's a, he's a very serious Yankees fan. And maybe he can inject some serious joy into this home run situation for us non-Yankees fans. We will do that here on Rider Than You in a moment next on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm having a rough day. I can't, I'm having one of these weeks where I can't remember what day of the week it is. I had a phone call with a, um, with a GM, an NBA GM scheduled, and it was scheduled for today at noon Eastern. And I called the guy yesterday, and then may have, he didn't pick up, and then may have sent a little bit of a, like, I just called you. I thought yesterday was Wednesday. I also don't know if it's day or night. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's his home run race. Maybe it's that I just miss Andrew Bogus so much. You know, when best friends are separated by an entire coast, it's it's hard. Are you are you there, Andrew Bogus, in my life or on this, in this moment? Of course I'm here. I wouldn't leave you alone today. You're here for me with no diesel. Are you in an extra good mood today, or do you do you miss our guy Tommy Muscles? No, I miss Tommy Muscles. I'm oh, the one that likes the other guy in this dynamic. He's the one that's happy when I'm not here. I am not whole today because Tommy Muscles is not here to keep me in check. Do we think he really has like an issue with you, or is he doing a bit? Because I honestly can't tell. I can't tell sometimes either. Um, I my fear is that there actually is some kind of rift, some kind of issue, and he's exaggerating it for the sake of the show, but it begins in a real place. That's what freaks me out. I mean, I don't think he's joking when he takes shots at um, Maggie and Perloff's producer, and my friend, by the way, Michael Samter. So I think there is some truth sometimes when he he gets a little edgy out there. Yeah, no, that I can confirm. That is real distaste and frustration. (laughs) I don't want to be that. No. I don't want that. I know. I know. Um, so, Andrew, I'm going to ask you a question, and then we'll bring Pat on, and maybe he can steer me to what is maybe a better place. I used to – I mean, I love baseball, and I have always been enamored with statistical achievement, right? I went to to Miguel Cabrera's, Miggy's game. It was in the city I happened to live in at the time, but I went and covered the game, I don't know, 15 years ago when he, when he won the Triple Crown. I'm obsessed with the idea of hitting – 400, right? I'd love to see that again. I should, in theory, 
I should, in theory, be really excited about Aaron Judge. 57 home runs, four from Maris. If we want to bring up that other guy's sort of record, in theory, closing on that 10th multi-home run game of the season yesterday. I just, I don't care, Bogish. Should I? I don't care. You should, I don't know. I'm having, I mean, I I care in that it's something, but I, I guess I would prefer the attack to be on 73. Like, I'll, I would get, I'd be really excited right now yeah. if we were knocking Bonds off his tainted pedestal. Ooh, tainted pedestals. Here's the thing for me. Thank you. Not not mad at Aaron Judge. Not mad at Aaron Judge. Not rooting against the Yankees. But I feel nothing. I feel empty inside when I read stories about it and I see people's excitement. I just I just can't emotionally get excited. And look, if it was the Cubs, probably be I would be invested. If it was even the Dodgers, because they're in my market and I used to work for Dodgers, the Dodgers Radio Network, and I like that team, I'd be excited. Pat, how, Pat Boyle's here today filming for D-Cell. By the way, Pat, do you like Bogish? Is that enough? Do, do you like Andrew? <laughs> I Don't love worry, Bogues. I'm not listening. I'm a big Bogues fan. I think okay. he is a multi-talented, multi-purposeful guy here, and uh, yeah. I think he's very valuable. I mean, I'm not saying we should clip that and send it to D-Cell with the instructions, this is how you do it, but I'm not saying that we, we shouldn't. All right, all right, Pat, you're, you're a Yankees fan. Um, technically, no. And oh, well, not, te- not technically. No, I'm neither. I have no New York baseball fandom affiliation. I am by trade a Cubs fan. Uh, what? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Let's get into this. I thought you were All Mr. Right. New York. I'll see you guys later. I'm out. <laughs> I thought you were Mr. New York. What's going on here, buddy? No. So for my my big fandom, my, well, and I'm now embarrassed to say this after the showing they put on last weekend, Notre Dame. Notre Dame football is my first big fandom passed down oh, from wow. my dad, his dad, and his dad. So wow. big line of Notre Dame football fans, and my peak was the year they had Brady Quinn and Jeff Samarja. Jeff Samarja plays, gets decides to play baseball, gets drafted by the Cubs. Yeah, he did. And at the time, I was like, you know, 11, 12 years old. I, I didn't have any strong inclination towards following my dad's team, which was the Yankees. So I was like, all right, I'm a Cubs fan. But, you know, wow. having since now worked at, the, at WFAN in New York, having to follow religiously the Yankees and wow. the Mets – my Cubs fandom has certainly died down a bit, but uh, no, I'm not a Yankees fan, but I obviously oh, I feel this. I feel the fan base. I feel the pulse of what's going on with Judge. You have a lot in common with Stu Kovacs. You ever talk to him at all? Uh, yes. I know Stu is a fan of some really weird teams. He's got the Raiders yeah. in there, the Lakers. Yeah, he loves Duke and North Carolina basketball. Like, they're both his that's, team. That, that's a crime. That yeah, can't no, he's, yeah, you're having a little rough Notre Dame stretch. We don't have to talk about that. It's 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 okay. Um, all right, so well, I guess you're not the Yankees' voice, but are, with your pulse on the finger of New York City, and as someone who doesn't hate Bogish, which we have in common, are you? Do you want to sell me on this Aaron Judge? And not that it's significant, just that I should find a way to care. Yeah, I think you should because you know, like baseball has definitely died down a little bit the last couple of years. The game has gotten slower. Um, I feel like more people just simply don't care, and I, you know, I think what your your feeling of your sentiment that you have is shared by a lot of people, especially the younger generation. So, what better way to? I, I don't know. I guess I can't tell you really how to care if you don't feel it. I but don't feel it, man. The fact yeah. that you've got the biggest star in baseball, in my opinion, he's as big as as Trout. Big, he's as big as Otani. No. Bigger than Shohei? Yes, Aaron Judge is. First three undeniable people you think of when you think of the sport of baseball. I'd put I mean, him right up there with Shohei. Yeah, I mean, I think his jersey is either one or two wow. every update. 
That 99 Yankee jersey. Yeah. First three, sure. But so, uh, a lot of that's skewed by the fact New York's a really big place, and they somewhere. I mean, he would not have the number three jersey if he were an angel. I don't know. If he was hitting no 57 way. home runs? I mean, no Ota- way. I mean, Mookie Betts is right up there with him, right? I yeah. think Mookie Betts is number two. Right. I mean, we have the Angels have Otani and Trout, so we know that if you have a good player on, on the Angels, those you're going to recogn- get recognized. Those might not be, two, might not be I mean, good. Those are like, Trout's the best hitter in a generation, and Shohei is a freak in terms of what he does. I, I think they're completely di- If Mookie Betts were an Angel, I don't think he would sell as many jerseys. And Mookie Betts is amazing. Okay. All right. Fair. That's, That's a fair point. Me. But either way, well, Bogus so doesn't have, like it though. But you have this behemoth of a man, six seven, two hundred and seventy five pounds, mm. and at the time, for the most part, the Yankees were the best team in baseball. They have they've had a huge struggle for the last basically month and a half now. They're still probably going to win the division. But either way, you've got one of the best teams in baseball. You got the best player on that team, single handedly carrying them. And I get it if it was Bonds or McGuire or Sosa, but the fact that the American League record is essentially totally clean, untainted, unless you think Roger Maris was on steroids, he's going to be breaking a perfectly clean oh. record that has been that has been there for 60 years. Not, that, only, not only his is team. Is that Roger Maris that I'm worried about? I mean, to be honest, this is unfair to Aaron Judge, but I, I'm old enough, and bogus you are too, to have gone through that era, and nobody raised any concerns about Sosa, McGuire, Bonds at the time, or talked about it. All the talk I remember was adulation. And then later, like, oh, we should have. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to impugn Aaron Judge's reputation. I just don't believe anybody who approaches these marks. So you think, you think you just because you can't trust anybody that might potentially be juicing, especially because we had Fernando Tatis put a black eye on baseball earlier this year, that maybe Aaron Judge was a chance he was, he is taking steroids? I'll put it this way I got a buddy, great guy, uh, who was cheated on a lot and then married a, a really sweet lady. But he's always convinced she's cheating on. I don't. I don't think she is. But when you're damaged, when something you love has hurt you, I do think you can become a person who can't find trust. And baseball, I think, damaged whatever level of trust existed between. It's yeah. I mean, I don't, yes. I. It's in the back of my mind. I mean, there's nothing to suggest that Aaron Judge is doing anything untoward. The guy, as you said, is a physical specimen. I understand launch angle and the fact that there is now some science and some technique behind focusing on hitting home runs. And if you're a historically talented hitter, you might be able to hit more. I, I got all that. I just don't you, Andrew or Pat, have a little, just like a little skepticism baked in. Well, right, but not because he's given us a direct reason to be suspicious. 100%. Just for the fact that we've all been burned by this before, and like, there's always something new. Going on, there's always something that maybe they don't know how to test for yet. So just because people right. are not testing positive for things doesn't necessarily mean that they're not doing anything. They might be just doing it really well, be ahead of the curve. So you can't ever be a hundred percent sure, but you're as close, or at least I am, as close to a hundred percent on judge as you can be. All right, let's make it a four-person conversation. And I love that it's from Vegas because I'm going to Vegas in a week. Let's go to Brian in Vegas, impartial arbiter, listener. <laughs> Brian, appreciate you, buddy. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, bro? Hey, you know what? I want to thank you for yesterday for letting me listen online. My Odyssey app, it's not that great. So, dude, hey, come on. Give Bogus a, a little break here. Dude, he does everything. He's like the, the I'm every woman. It's up to me. So, dude. <laughs> thank you. Let's talk about uh, Wilson. Hey, you know what? The suit was kind of cool, like 50s-ish. All it needed were some shark fins like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. 
And he'd be set. So he's playing the diplomatic role. He's the $250 million man. He's going to be like Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to kill it for the rest of the season. And Hackett's going to be like, I was the hack of game one. Maybe I should try to go on the PGA Tour. As far as uh, Sarver goes, you've got to listen to the Beastie Boys and realize that disrespecting women has got to be through. And Aaron Judge, dude, Aaron Judge, look at his stance at the plate. He's like a behemoth. He's like larger than life in his stance. And the way he slices the ball, he's going to break the record. He's going to break the record. He's not going to make everyone forget about Bearroid Bonds, but he will break the record. And as a Pirates fan, oh, yeah, about yeah, Bonds. he's not 25. He's not 24. He's just earring guy. And that's all I got. Late. All right, Brian. Thank you. Brian hit a lot of stuff. Annie, have you ever – look, I love live radio, guys. It's my favorite thing on the face of the earth. I love it for so many – and a lot of stuff happens. Have you ever been serenaded, Andrew? Not by that song in particular. Yeah, you are every woman. I would agree, too. But much better than your youth pastor reference yesterday. Pat – oh, hold on. Pat, I don't know where you come down on, on, on youth pastors in general, but I made what I thought was a very complimentary observation. I, I can only see Bogus from, from the waist up. He had a really smart sort of formal shirt on, but it was also kind of hip and cool, and I, I thought it looked like a, he looked like a, like a youth pastor, and he thought that was an insult. Is looking like a youth pastor a put-down? I would, I would agree with Bogus. I think that's Thank probably you. an insult. I and see fact- you went sh- Straight T-shirt today too. Yeah, and I killed a guy on the way in just to really break <laughs> away from the entire idea of yesterday. <laughs> All right, I, I I can see the youth pastor thing stung because you brought it up today. I I I didn't. <laughs> sometimes I mean to sting, but that wasn't one of them. Look, I didn't bring it up. Brian did. I think I'm not sure anymore <laughs> what he meant. <laughs> he did. Look, can I just can I back what Brian said and say you are every woman? That's that is. Uh, Amen, my son. That was. Oh, bless you too. That was uh, magical. All right, so so Aaron Judge, I get, and I know it's unfair to to paint the guy with the, with the the Bonds Sosa Palmero. I mean, everybody. I want Palmero brush, right? I mean, it's it's just hard. I think it's hard to to for me to get past it. Although I love learning stuff, I did not know that that path that you're a Cubs and Notre Dame fan. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, just are you a, from New York? Yeah, yeah. I just threw a wrench into your day. Let me ask you a personal question because this is a stew thing too. And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Do you have like eleven girlfriends at once? Are you juggling a bunch of ladies like Stu? Can neither confirm nor deny. Understood. Wow. So that's just a strain of New Yorkism. I don't know which ones are listening. Don't yeah, no, I understand. The only one that matters to your heart. That's the that's the the proper answer. Andrew, anything else? Anything else you want you want to hit, man? No, good I'm to... good. Thank you for asking, though. I appreciate it. I feel like we have some space to talk with with, with Diesel not glaring at you the whole time. There is the lightness about the studio today. You're right. There really is. All right, welcome back into the show. It is time to say goodnight to that check engine light with the free AutoZone Fix Finder service. It'll help troubleshoot the likely cause of your light for free. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. In the spirit of me being nice, I don't want you to think that I am rooting against Notre Dame. And enjoying Pat's suffering. I do enjoy Stuart Kovacs, associate producer on the Jim Rome Show, and Maggie Perloff, his suffering, because as Pat noted, Stu roots for a lot of teams that don't make any sense. But I'm Catholic, Pat, and my granddad was a huge Notre Dame fan. I won't say I'm a Notre Dame fan, but I'm sort of Notre Dame adjacent, right? Like, I don't, like the Dodgers, 
I'm happy when when they do well. Are you feeling any level of optimism or or any kernels of hope remaining after what has been, I think it's fair to describe, as a pretty brutal start to the season? No, I have none. I have zero. In fact, I, I tweeted out over the weekend, Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director, just go ahead and cancel the season. There's nothing to play for. The starting quarterback, Tyler Buckner, who shouldn't have been starting. They don't have a good quarterback to begin with. He was not ready to start. He's now out for the season with a shoulder injury. The backup quarterback, Drew Pine, isn't any better. And you lose to Marshall at home after all the good feelings of competing with Ohio State in that first game on the weekend. Played him him tough. The season is over. They'll be lucky to win seven games. Don't even take a bowl game invitation. I don't want to see them playing in the Cheez-It Bowl against South Carolina this year. Just cancel the season. There's zero optimism. The season's done. Man, Notre Dame, a poor man's Iowa Hawkeyes. I mean, that is a that is that's rough. Are you are you optimistic about Marcus Freeman? Is that going to work out on a three year timeline? I would hope. I mean, I would hope. You know, I'm, I'm well, he can recruit. Apparently, apparently he can recruit. And I got you know I got sucked into believing they were going to be a good team and they were going to be all the intangibles of a good team. Let you know outside of the talent and the X's and O's because. You know, they had that viral video last year where he comes into the locker room and they all go nuts and they swarm him. And it's like, all right, they're, they're going to they're gonna want to play for him. Brian Kelly, who? You know, this is a new era. But, I mean, they, there was a lot of bad play calls. The offensive yes. coordinator, who was a former quarterback in Notre Dame, Tommy Rees, hasn't helped himself at all either. So they got a lot to figure out on the offensive side. They do not look particularly well coached or, or if you consider, like Nick Saban, a major college football program to be a – basically a business and you're a CEO, they don't look to be well run. They just they just don't. But I got my fingers crossed for you. I didn't know you were an Notre Dame fan. Um, hopefully they will figure it out for your sake and for, for grandpas and all you Notre Dame fans yeah, out we'll there. Yeah, tr- we'll check back in with 2023 with them. Yeah, I'll talk, we'll, we'll do it in a year. You know, I won't even bring it up. When you're filling in for Diesel, not even going to bring up the fight in Irish starting right now. Let's use that to transition away from the team I just forgot about. I don't even know what we're talking about. Let's do NFL Power Rankings. Some will rise, others will fall. Let the ranking begin on Writer Than You's NFL Power Rankings. Number five. All right, so the Ravens are here, but it's a little bit a process of, of requirement. I will not pretend that I'm hugely bullish on Baltimore. I like them. I think they're incredibly well coached. I'm a Lamar Jackson believer, at least in the regular season. That certainly changes in the playoffs, but we're not there yet. And he's under a contract year. And I think that is a a significant, significant reality. But part of the reason the Ravens Ravens fall into this spot is because a bunch of teams that should be on this list lost. And I'm not putting the Packers up there after that anemic performance, though we saw the Packers lose in embarrassing fashion, more embarrassing fashion, the Open of last year. The Niners lost to my Bears in a monsoon, which doesn't feel, what's the word I'm looking for, normal. There's a bunch of good teams. The Rams are another example. Almost put them up there, but I was at that game. They did not play particularly well. So I'm just going to give the Ravens their moment. I understand that beating the socks off the Jets, whatever it was, 24-9 or some weird scoreline. Am I doing that right, 24-9? Is not the world's biggest accomplishment, but it's an accomplishment nonetheless. you got to beat who's in front of you. Congratulations, Baltimore. You're here for now. Number four. I'll go Tampa Bay. I know some people have them a little bit higher. They've got a championship pedigree. 
I'm a little worried about Tom Brady and his headspace. We'll get into that later in the show. And this is a, a similar situation where I don't think beating the Dallas Cowboys is much of an accomplishment. It's certainly not if they don't have Dak Prescott for the entirety of the game and or if Mike McCarthy is the head coach on the other side of the equation. But again, you beat the teams that are in front of you. They've got a lot of weapons. Brady obviously knows what he's doing. I think that Tampa Bay defense is going to be just fine. But three or four weeks from now, wouldn't be surprised if some of those teams, most notably the Packers, that stumbled in week one, supplant a team like Tampa Bay down the line. But for now, today, Tampa Bay, despite my skepticism, you're there. Number three. All right, now we get to the teams that I actually think are excellent. I really... I'm a believer in the AFC West, and I'm a believer the Raiders are going to be a pretty good football team. Devontae Adams looked really nice in that debut. And so for the Chargers to win that game, to me, is a significant victory. Khalil Mack is a huge addition. That defense for San Diego I think is going to be excellent. Justin Herbert, it's a lot of hype. It's a lot of hype, but he has the talent to live up to it. The, the biggest skepticism I have about Los Angeles, almost said San Diego, it's so weird saying L.A. and just saying in the vacuum as if I'm supposed to know or you're supposed to know what that means. To me, the biggest question mark around the Chargers is not their present and not even the future of the next 15, 16 weeks. It's their past and a tendency that includes but also predates this regime, this quarterback, this group of coming up short at the end of seasons. God rest his soul, rest in peace. Uh, former friend of mine, great guy, Marty Schottenheimer, epitomized this going back way back in that 14-2 and season when they missed that field goal to really bring down the curtain on not just that era, but it feels like that's been the echo that's lived on in every Chargers promising season for almost two decades now. And so I have all this doubt that lingers, but you look at that roster, you look at that quarterback, you look at that performance in week one, I think San Diego, despite the brutal difficulty of that division and the better team that's in that division, we'll get to in a second, have the the team, the skills, the roster, the makeup to be that breakthrough team and to be a real competitor, a a Super Bowl-caliber team for the entirety of the season. Number two. I know everybody's got these guys won. I'm I'm putting Buffalo, too, man, with all respect. We'll get to the number one team in a second here. And there's a few reasons. One, you got to knock the big dog off the hill if you want to be the big dog. In the AFC, it's not Buffalo. And two, they were really good in that Thursday night football game. And beating the Rams on the road, beating the Rams anywhere is an accomplishment. It is, I get it, I understand it. And the addition of Von Miller is not just a big subtraction for L.A., the other L.A. team. He was a force absolutely going at Matt Stafford. He was a machine. Buffalo, they have at least, I don't want to exaggerate, they have a top three roster in the National Football League. Josh Allen is the betting favorite to be the MVP, and the Bills are the betting favorite to be Super Bowl champions. But there were moments where they did not capitalize on what was a a clearly better football team, at least for stretches of that game. In that first half, if I remember right, Pat, jump in if I'm wrong. I think that game was tied at 10, if I remember properly, after the first half. If I'm remembering that right. And if I'm getting it wrong, dear listener, forgive me. And then Buffalo really turned it on, able to shut the Rams down. But here's the thing. Buffalo was better over the course the entirety of that first half. And they should have been up by 7 or 10 or 11 points easily in the first half. You can do that against a Rams team that had, roll your eyes all you want, America, a championship hangover that didn't look the same. No OBJ, he was critical in that Super Bowl till he got hurt. No Von Miller, he was critical in that Super Bowl and he didn't get hurt. That's a, that's a different football team. They're good, 
I don't think they're extraordinary. And the fact Buffalo couldn't jump all over them, it just makes me a little hesitant to paint them as the number one team in America. Number one. I mean, give me the Chiefs, man. I don't, I don't care about the injuries. I don't care about Andy Reid being all mad about the turf, whether that's a real thing or not a real thing in Arizona. I, it's amazing to me in sports, and maybe it shouldn't be. I'm guilty of it, too. How much we care about the shiny new thing and just ignore what's right in front of us. For so long, that was the Patriots. Now it's the Chiefs. They have been in the AFC Championship game four years in a row. They have made the Super Bowl in half of the four years that Patrick Mahomes has been a starter. They do not need Tyreek Hill to be exceptional offensively. We saw that. They are really, really good. And while I know the Arizona Cardinals are a bit of a mess as an organization, Kyler Murray is sort of weird as a person and as a football player trying to figure out what he's about. The fact is that Arizona started last season, what, 8-1? and one? And over the course of the start of that season, not only were they the best team in the NFL, but Kyler Murray was clearly, last year, the MVP for half of the season. My point is, that's not a pushover game. That's not playing the Jets. That's not playing the Cowboys. It's not playing the Chicago Bears, even though the Bears won that game. That's a really interesting test on the road. And the Chiefs put up 44 points. Patrick Mahomes is the fifth person in the history of the National Football League to get to the number of five touchdown games that he's at. And he did it in half the time of the other dudes. Guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Dan Marino. The guy's historically great. He's a historic star. And the fact that we're not talking about the Chiefs every single season as the favorite, bar none, at least in the AFC, is an oversight of the obvious and ridiculous all-time greatness of that quarterback and the offense that he spurns every time he steps on the field. Honorable mention. I'm going to put the Dolphins here, and I don't know, maybe this is just because I want it to be true. I don't know what it is about me. My wife loves stray cats, and I love broken football players. I, I, I almost root for Baker Mayfield, and that guy's become so unlikable. I want Tua to be good. I want Tua to be great. I hate the way that his career started. I think Brian Flores 100% threw him under the bus and damaged his confidence. And so you bring in Tyreek Hill. You already have Jaden Waddle. You've got a really improved offensive line. You have massive expectations. I am a believer, at least I want to be, in Miami. I know they always beat New England, especially in Miami. I know that's a constant reality, even in the Tom Brady era. And I know it's a long season, but I love the fact the Dolphins got the win. I love the fact that offense looked good. It wasn't exceptional, but it looked good. And I want to believe that roster, which is also very, very impressive, can live up to the expectations. That team can live up to the expectations they have as long as two is not, frankly, awful. Here's your participation trophy. Uh, this last one is the Rams. I- I'm-, I'm down on the Rams. I don't think the Rams are going to be a-, a-, a major force of nature, but we get stuff wrong on a regular basis. I certainly do. It's, it's week one in the NFL. If you're going to write teams off of week one, you would have written off Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last year. He won his second MVP last season. The Patriots multiple times. Back in the Russell Wilson Seattle Seahawks era, they had some bad starts. So keep your eye on the Rams. Maybe they're going to figure it out. Maybe they'll do more than participate. I don't know. We're going to find out. That's power rank. It feels good to be, man, it feels so good to be back in the NFL swing of things. It really, it really does. And we got a hell of a Thursday night football game. Chargers, Chiefs is such a big game. It's nice to see some games that actually feel like legitimate legitimate games on Thursday night. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.